0: This is Dylan, this is Nick, and you're listening to colloquium, colloquium, colloquium. Hey Nick, what you drinking?
1: Um, I'm drinking this uh, peach sparkling water, kind of like a LaCroix, it's kind of bubbly. I don't know if that's a LaCroix off-brand or LaCroix is the off-brand of bubbly, but I'm drinking a sparkling water.
0: What are you drinking? That's cute, Nick. Oh, I, I guess I'm drinking the same thing. <laughs> the same so thing. I Can't, can't clink, really be talking. Clean glasses but. here. No, I am. Um, I heard
1: this joke once that uh, from our good friend Michael Billington. Hey, Michael. Mike? Um, <laughs> he was. I guess it was a meme he got, or maybe he was saying this. That Lacroix sparkling water is basically just water when you're thinking about whatever flavor that Lacroix is. So. She- <laughs> So if you you're got right. strawberry Lacroix, you're just drinking water and thinking about strawberry while you're doing it. I th- I was just laugh I think it's yeah. so
0: true. Yeah, I think I think the other one I've heard is that like it's water and somebody dropped a skittle in it and then took it out five seconds later. That's Lacroix. <laughs> okay, I really like that one. That's hilarious. I'd say it's a man's <laughs> drink, wouldn't
1: you? I'd say so. You know, I hate to say this, but I'm about three quarters of the way through this can. And it's, it's, getting, it's getting pretty good, I have to say. I'm not sure if there's something in this, but... Yeah,
0: I mean, anyway. I, I don't typically drink <laughs> sparkling water, um, but I'm not ashamed to say I do. Yeah, okay. I wouldn't be ashamed either. You know,
1: Dan, our producer, posted this hilarious... I mean, what was it, a couple of days ago in the group me that said something to the effect about LaCroix or sparkling water. That it's like this infinite kind of well, similar to the spiritual life, where... Once you start to you know drink it more often and start to just dive into the sparkling water, it just becomes more deeper and more deeper, deep and vast, um, just like an infinite well of taste. And anyway, I thought that maybe it'd be a good segue into our talk today. Wait, what you wait, wait. <laughs> that was in a meme.
0: That's the <laughs> deepest meme it was, I've ever in a
1: heard. i will ah. have to see it. I think oh they referenced gosh. Lacroix in relationship to Saint John of the Cross as well. I mean, just. What is what?
0: in this meat? Is this a book or a meat?
1: <laughs> what a mystical experience drinking sparkling water is, by the way. Chad. Speaking of
0: mystical experiences, <laughs> what we want to talk to you about today is what we often refer to as the interior life, basically prayer life. But what when I say the interior life, Nick, what, what comes to mind for you? How would you define that? The interior life. Um,
1: so yeah, I think about the spiritual life or our life of prayer. I think about sitting inside on the couch as well, the old interior mm. life. I don't know. I thought that maybe might be funny, but
0: was anyway. that a joke? <laughs> I, was an I thought your that could have been something really deep there, like the interior <laughs> yeah. life, sitting
1: inside on the couch, thinking about the interior life. Yeah,
0: thinking about strawberries.
1: <laughs> exactly right. No, yeah, the, the spiritual life. When I when I think about the interior life and our our you know, personal lives of prayer. Yeah. Yeah. Do you have any thoughts?
0: Yeah, I think the interior life, but more broadly speaking, your interior life. I would say is your like your inner thoughts, feelings, desires, whether or not you direct those in the form of a prayer. Oh, okay. So a bad interior life could be one that is not a life of prayer, right? But you still have, I think all of us have an interior life and it's those interior thoughts, feelings, and desires that we have. I don't know if that's a technical definition, but that's the definition I'm working with in my head at least.
1: Right. I think that's a good point. I hadn't thought about the, you know, quote unquote, interior life as portraying those things that you hadn't directed towards a prayer as yet. So that's sure. a good point.
0: But how do we direct or how do we form a good interior life without a doubt from a Christian perspective would be prayer?
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. I think um, we can go on and on about prayer, but, you know, just uh, as kind of a starter, um, just making the act of praying just at any point during your day or, you know, I think we're maybe going to talk about setting aside a time each day to Mm -hmm. pray. uh, So important in our relationship with the Lord and relationship with Jesus. Um, Right just as kind of an intro thought, maybe just for something to think about. we're trying, you know, prayer our interior life as, you know, designed towards our, you know, growing our relationship with the Lord, you know, growing in relationship with him and getting to know him more and to love and to serve him. Uh, Just think about someone who you want to grow in relationship with. Anyone doesn't have to be Jesus. Actually, I, I encourage you to not think of Jesus in this situation and think Wait, about someone. aren't we
0: supposed to always think of Jesus?
1: <laughs> you just let me say my
0: thought. Nick, you're such we'll a sinner. Going. Oh,
1: for crying out loud. Anyway, so just think about a friend that you want to grow in a relationship with. Maybe it's a significant other. Wouldn't you spend time with them? You mm-hmm. want to spend time with them more and more often, you know, to kind of get to know them more and more. Um, where eventually, you know, it ends in, you know, if, if it's a significant other, it ends in marriage, you know, or where I'm spending all the time with them. You know, every single, you know, most every moment of my day with this this person. So anyway, just kind of think of that right. as maybe the spiritual life, uh, our relationship with the Lord.
0: Yeah. And you and I, Nick, we both spent a good chunk of our life, you know, two years in focus where we prayed a holy hour every day. Um, so our, our prayer life, our daily prayer life started, and this wasn't the entirety of it, but the very foundation of it, was every hour or every day spending an hour in adoration, if possible, but in prayer. Right. On top of that, you have daily mass. Usually most teams would do a daily rosary as well. And whatever other devotions you might have on top of that as a team or as an individual. And I think that's something that is not foreign to anybody in religious life, because that's often the staple of their day as well. But I think it's actually foreign to a lot of Catholics. And when I think about this topic, Nick, it actually reminds me a lot of a conversation we've referenced before on this podcast, but the one in the bar where I asked the question of, mm. would you rather, what's better for your, for your spiritual life to pray for 30 minutes every day or to go to the mass and not pray? Mm. And I don't know if that's exactly how I phrased the question, but essentially what struck me about this, Nick, is that everybody in that group answered No or answered that the mass, they would go to the mass. They think that would be better for their spiritual life, except for you and I. Mm. So I want to ask you, Nick, why did you say it's more important to pray for 30 minutes every day? So first of all, that's a hard question, right? It's really hard to
1: say, no, I'm not going to go to mass as a you know, sure. Catholic Christian and say, yeah, I'd rather, I'd rather pray instead. You know, it's, mm-hmm. that was, I definitely kind of struggled with that question at first. My mind was made up pretty quickly but I definitely struggle with it. It's not something that's without
0: struggle. It's not an easy question and there. Maybe isn't an objective answer, Right. but we both answered the same thing regardless. So I'll let you
1: continue. Absolutely. Yeah. So I just think that period of silence, being face to face with the Lord in my day, being able to have that conversation with him, maybe it's just sitting with him to read his word, to to listen, to respond. Um, I'm, and I will bring that back to focus for a second. I am forever grateful for the habit that I formed in focus for, you know, praying every day and adoration for an hour and praying the rosary every day, et cetera. Um, it just taught me to, yeah, to just make that time, set aside that time for, you know, really what I'm, I'm bringing this back to is being silent with the Lord. You know, mm-hmm. that I, I think we need outside of mass, you know, alone with Jesus, if you will, mm-hmm. to kind of form that relationship Mm -hmm. Um, I don't know. Those are kind of sporadic thoughts. Do you have any?
0: Yeah, no, I I think silence, what is the basis of prayer? I think being in silence with the Lord is a huge part of that. But I think that in general, generally speaking, you know, that, you know, my answer is the same. I think that spending time every single day in mental prayer is essential to the spiritual life. But I think that it doesn't always get seen to be that way. And I think a lot of people um, maybe don't prioritize it like they should. And so I think what I want to talk about is why. I think, Nick, that it's really essential that anybody, any Catholic, anybody serious about the spiritual life prays for 30 minutes every day. And I think why I believe that is that we live in the midst of spiritual warfare. You know, St. Paul says we deal with um, principalities and powers and— that the reality is every day the enemy wants you to stray away from God and Christ is gently calling you home. Mm-hmm. And I think prayer in my experience, and I think in when you read the lives of the saints, is how you learn to discern the word's voice right, and how you reject the voice of the enemy. Right.
1: And I, my thoughts back now, I think that's a great point. Great. Um, and I think the, the question was, why why can't I do that during mass? That's a mm-hmm. yeah. That's the question, right? Is okay, sure. Why why can't I do that during mass versus in prayer? And I think it's always helpful to come back to just an analogous example to a you know quote unquote physical relationship that you have with with another human being. You know, so if I want to get to know, and I'm using the significant other or um, mm. kind of analogy again, but if you want to get to know your significant other, great, yeah, you want to get to know them in the context of a community. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that's helpful, right? You're, you're getting to know mm-hmm. them, and uh, within a community, uh, let that represent the mass.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: You know, this this you know worshiping the, communion the Lord, of saints yeah, joined
0: together, yeah, right? Yeah. This
1: worshiping the Lord in communion, right, with the saints and with you know the body of Christ. But uh, there's also this necessity for you know a relationship to form, you know, alone, you know, in, in solitude, right? Eventually, mm-hmm. you know, I want to move with you know my significant other. I want to I want to move more towards, you know, being alone with him so I could, we can get to know each other more in that sense, you know, uh, on a deeper and, you know, uh, better level, if you will. So I think yeah. kind of relating that human example to a relationship with the Lord is important. You know, you want that alone, one-on-one time with Jesus to to hear him, to get to know him on a deeper level, uh, and also uh, within the context of the community, too. Is that fair? Yeah,
0: I think that's a, a fabulous analogy, and I don't know that I've thought of—I've I've heard that before, but yeah, I think that really puts things into perspective because in the mass, you know, there are intimate moments like receiving communion obviously is incredibly intimate and personal. And I'd say there is an element of one-on-one you in the Word. but that's only a short part of the mass. Yeah. The mass as a whole is that communal worship. It is the way that the Lord has asked us to worship him as a church, really. Yeah. And I think it doesn't, it has some time. Or a personal element of that. However, why do people get there a little early and pray sometimes? A lot of times you'll find faithful Catholics will get there early and pray, stay after a little bit and pray a Thanksgiving. Hmm. I think that's because, yeah, the Mass gives us tremendous graces, especially through the reception of the Eucharist. But we have to act on those graces, right? So we could receive the Eucharist every day. And I think a lot of Catholics do this. I think I've found myself in the habit of doing this, or maybe I'm going to mass every day, receiving the Eucharist, receiving tremendous grace, but not really working to build fertile, ground in my own soul. I think of the, the parable of the sower, right? It depends. Jesus is the gardener. He plants the seed, but it depends on the soil of how well that seed's going to grow. And <laughs> the soil is your own heart and your own soul. I can receive communion every single day, go to Mass every single day, but if I'm on rocky soil, then it's not going to grow like it will if, if my soil is fertile. Right, right.
1: Hmm. I don't know if this is fair to say, just a thought that I hope is not her- heretical, but I just feel this, you know, when I'm, you know, I'm thinking about my Mass experience versus prayer, and it's not an either or, you know, Mass is an obligation, and, you know, the the source and summit of our faith sure. resides in the Mass, you know, that's that's the... Um, pinnacle of worship on earth.
0: Mm-hmm. And to be clear, we're talking about daily mass, not we're assuming both this question, this whole conversation in general is under the assumption you're going to mass on Sundays.
1: Right. That was a, yeah, that's a, a good thing to clarify. I think Dylan, yeah. Um, But there's this deep silence that, you know, I have in prayer or that I sense in prayer when I'm sitting in their adoration chapel or, you know, when I'm just sitting in front of the tabernacle and I'm, another church that I feel, that makes me feel like I'm home. You know, it's just like this, I can walk into this chapel and sit in front of Jesus and just be with Him there in silence. And it it just, it really quiets my soul. Mm -hmm. You know, all those feelings of stress and anxiety and maybe it's joyful emotion and, you know, just all the different pieces of the day Mm -hmm. uh, that are kind of affecting my, you know, interior life. Right. I can bring that there and just be silent. Right, you know, it's kind of like I'm I'm home. None of that, you know, is affecting you know, this this moment. Um, yeah, I don't know if I portray what I was trying to say very well, but um, there's just a, a comfort and a you know a peace about being mm-hmm. home at the you know in Adoration chapel
0: or at um in the church. So anyway, right. I think that's a grace that you experience in prayer, and I think that. You know, one thing I've prayed a lot about is is the sacraments and how we receive graces from the sacraments. Well, our baptism is the most fundamental sacrament of the Christian faith, and I think one of the ways we live out the graces of our baptism is by having a relationship with God, and prayer is our relationship with God. Uh, you know, I've heard it said before: prayer isn't where you work on your relationship with God; prayer is your relationship mm. with God. So if you're not praying, then your relationship with God is standing on thin ice. Right, And I think, you know, I think a lot of people too, maybe have a misunderstanding because Nick, you're describing this experience in prayer Like, yeah, you spend this time. There's a lot of time in silence. It feels like home. I think maybe for a lot of people, prayer is more of maybe they think of saying my prayers, Right. you know, waking up, saying the morning offering, saying grace before meals, maybe reciting a rosary quickly before bed um whatever that might be but i know so many catholics who think of prayer as that but but what you describe nick i think is something different or related obviously it's it's all prayer but maybe something i'm getting a deeper sense of what you're describing sure yeah maybe
1: i should explain a little more i think yeah so i agree growing up that's what i thought prayer was was saying my prayers before bed and you know, we said our prayers as a family before meals and mm-hmm. for dinner, um, you know, maybe before a test in high school, I would you know mm-hmm. say a prayer to the Lord that I would get an A, whatever it was. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I guess over time and, you know, as I, especially as I started spending time in front of the blessed sacrament in front of the Eucharist, mm-hmm. especially, I think that is, just, it was essential to, you know, formation of any sort of prayer life,
0: mm-hmm.
1: um, it just became less of me talking and more of me just spending time with the Lord,
2: mm-hmm.
1: which is what prayer is, is developing your relationship with the Lord, spending time with him mm-hmm. uh, or acknowledging that you're spending time with him because he's, he's with you always. Right. Um, you know, so I think that's kind of what my prayer is more formed into now is just, you know, spending time with him. Um, it's not like I don't say my prayers, you mm. know, I, I still do of course, but it's kind of, it's more about, Again, I've said it a million times now, more about spending that time with him than it is saying what I need to say.
0: Right. Yeah. Right. And I really like the way you talk about prayer because I think what it gets at is it gets at the end. Like, what is the end that we're oriented towards? What is the goal? What is the goal of the spiritual life? Heaven. Right. you say, yeah. Absolutely Does So the goal of the spiritual life is heaven. Well, what is heaven? You know, if you, if you study the catechism, if you study the saints of the church, it's eternal contemplation of the face of God, okay? And eternally contemplating the face of God, I mean, maybe the best, the best analogy for this is back on your relationship thing. It is, think of maybe an intimate relationship with a significant other, a husband and a wife. They can gaze into each other's eyes wordlessly often, but this love is communicated between two people without having to say a word. Mm-hmm. And I think heaven, and I think the tradition of the church of the saints of the catechism is just that. Mm-hmm. It's sitting in the presence of God with this kind of wordless exchange of love. And I think what you're describing with prayer, maybe I'm not saying your prayer is always this experience of you're just floating on air because you're I so float pretty often. I don't know. Oh, okay, <laughs> never mind. Nick <laughs> levitates in prayer. So. <laughs> but I think there is an element of what are we working towards? We're working towards being able to just rest in God's presence. Right. If that's the life of heaven, if we can't do that on earth. Yeah. Are we, are we working towards heaven? First of all, what a
1: profound thing that Dylan has kind of shared with us here. And I want us to break it down a little bit and make sure we all we're we're on the same page. Sure. Because in relating, relating what you just said, you know, in heaven, that's beholding the face of God in communion with one another, you know, where that's Mm -hmm. what heaven is. We get to, we get to, you know, experience the Lord face to face and to think about what adoration is. Mm -hmm. Isn't that what that is? Wow. You know, that that's what adoration is. When I go into the chapel and I, you know, look at the bread turned into body of, into the body of Christ and I pray in front of him. That's, that's That's heaven. That's what heaven's going to be like. When you go into the chapel and you pray in front of the Eucharist, that's heaven on earth. Right. Um. So I think a lot of times there's this dread centered around going into praying, you know, and go, right. going in prayer, like, I don't want, really want to make the time for it. And um, that is, that's heaven. That's actually what you're made for mm-hmm. when you go into uh, adoration. That That's the pinnacle of your life is worshiping in front of the Eucharist. Right. Um. So, so it's so important to recognize.
0: Yeah. I'd say regardless of what happens, and we can go into more about what does that time in prayer look like or what should it look like. But regardless of what happens, while you were saying that, Nick, I was just thinking of, like, you said Jesus. Jesus is in the Adoration Chapel. Jesus is the one who's there. So if there were a saint in our community, you know, if there were a capital S canonized or soon-to-be canonized saint in our community, where would they be? I think they'd be where Jesus is hmm. in the Adoration Chapel. So I, I'd imagine that a saint would be spending quite a bit of time with Jesus himself. Hmm. Would you agree? Oh yeah, absolutely. So if we want to be saints, I think we should spend a significant amount of time with the Lord Jesus as well.
1: Right. Yeah. I think too, I kind of want to revert it to, so we, we've got this, you know, hopefully we've kind of become convinced of this importance of spending time in the chapel mm-hmm. and spending, time, making time set aside in our days for spending time there uh, in front of Jesus. But you know, of course, as as Christians, we're called to go out, you know, at the end of mass, for example, to go forth, the masses, and they were supposed to go out and proclaim Jesus and be Jesus to the world. You know, we should bring our prayer lives into the world as well. I think the end goal of our prayer life on earth and the end goal of our, our lives in general in heaven will be incessantly, you know, worshiping the Lord at all times, you know, and being in communion and being face to face and communicating with him. Um, the point of structuring prayer you know, in our days is so that eventually we could be praying all the time. Right. Uh, so that, you which know, is our, the words
0: of Christ. Right. Absolutely. Know, pray without ceasing. Absolutely. Our, in, in our lives, yeah. our
1: prayer eventually, you know, one day where we're just all the time speaking to the Lord. That's what we do. We don't have, you know how you have this in, interior conversation with yourself? Like, for example, oh, gosh, Nick, what did you do that for? You know, uh, Nick, that was a good thing. You just said, whatever it is, you're having this conversation with yourself. Um, I had a priest say once that that's actually a product of, of the fall. Mm. Um, you should be having those conversations that you're having the with Lord. yourself with Jesus. Yeah. Um, so that's kind well, of the end goal of our interior life and our spiritual right. life is to be always be in constant
0: communication with the Lord. Yeah. Right. Um, but how do you do that? You start by praying. It's sometimes intentionally, I think. Right. And one thing too, with what you were saying, Nick, that I think is really important to understand is you're talking about the end goal being this, this contemplation, Of heaven, the end goal being our whole life looks like that. Our whole life becomes a prayer. Well, I think it's important to understand, too, of, yeah, there's essentially two kind of lives that are related that a Christian lives. One's called the contemplative life, and one is the active life. So all of us, according to our calling, our vocation, are called to maybe live more of a contemplative life or more of an active life. Um, So, for instance, diocesan priests and Married folk, any, really any non-religious person in the world, lives a more active vocation. They're called to serve the Lord through the active life. The active life, meaning the things that we do, the relationships that we build, the conversations that we have. Whereas a contemplative, their vocation is prayer. It's to fundamentally, most fundamentally, the contemplation of God and interceding on behalf of the church and on behalf of the world. Now, they also are called to share the fruits of their contemplation with others, but their primary role is simply just that contemplation. Right. Now, so we may be anywhere on the spectrum. However, I think it's important to understand, and I didn't believe this for a long time, but, and I think a lot of people don't believe this, but it's the truth, the contemplative life is more important than the act of life.
1: Absolutely. Right. I have no other thoughts.
0: Yeah, the contemplative. Let me just say it again. The contemplative (laughs) life is more important than the active life. Right. Your relationship with God in prayer is more important than anything you do for God. Right. Um. Anything you think? I think of Mother Teresa right now. Mother Teresa did a lot for God, but when her when her sisters complained that they were too busy, you know what she did? She had them do an extra holy hour. Wow. Okay. So when you (laughs) we think we're too busy to pray. But the reality is our priorities are completely messed up when mm. we say that. Absolutely, And I'm guilty yeah. of this. Yeah, you're so right.
1: I have a couple of thoughts. And one one thing I've heard before is, um, you know, think about prayer and what that is. Literally sitting there in a room in front of a piece of bread, if you don't believe that's Jesus. Sure. Yeah. Um, that's what you're doing. Could you think of anything more useless to do with your time hmm. if you don't believe that's Jesus? You know, I'm, I'm sitting there. Mm-hmm staring at a piece of bread and talking to it, you know, and that's, that's what I'm doing. Um, Mm -hmm. but to the, the mystery of that, and that's actually the Mm -hmm. best, the best use of your time, you know, by far, um, that, that's kind of the pull, right? That's the pull of, you know, I, I think that the deep pull of, you know, I don't really want to spend time in prayer because I could be spending that time doing this or doing that, or, you know, engaging Mm -hmm. in the active life. Mm Mm-hmm. And that's such a pull of our society, right. I think, yeah. is to be active. And, you know, this contemplative is just
0: seems useless. Right. Because you can see the fruits of the act of life. When right. I do things, I see things happen as mm. a response. It's the counterintuitive, it's the scandalous nature of the cross. Mm. Through death, we resurrect. Right. Similarly, through doing nothing, so to speak, doing something seemingly unproductive, we can accomplish more. Mm. Right. Yeah. And that, isn't that...
1: Profound, right? Because, you know, if I'm this quote unquote great person and I spend all of my day, when I wake up to when I go to sleep, serving the poor and, you know, ministering to the sick and, you know, mentoring young kids and all this, and I don't make that time for prayer. That's actually a selfish move that says to the Lord, you know, and to yourself that essentially I'm God. I, I can I I have the influence on the people that I'm helping. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm the one mm-hmm. that's saving. I'm I'm their savior, mm-hmm. you know. But what prayer says, the action of prayer says, is no God. It, it's you. I'm I'm your hands and feet. You're in control. You're the one doing the real work. Mm-hmm. Um, so that says yeah. something to God when you make time for Him in prayer. Right.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So hopefully we've encouraged or inspired in some way anyone listening to this that they need to pray more. All right. But I think we, we've spoken very big picture broadly about the importance of this. Well, let's talk a little bit about, okay, how do I pray? How do I go into, how do I have an interior life that can accomplish more than the act of life? Like, why is that? What does this process look like? Um, so I guess maybe just for starters, like Nick, what do you, how do you enter into prayer? If you go sit down to pray for a holy hour, what's that look like? That's a great question. So
1: I so here's what I do. I go into the Adoration Chapel. I kneel. I get into my seat and then I sit there. And uh, that's, that's what I do. If something comes to mind that I want to talk to the Lord about during that time, I'll talk to him about that. But usually I just sit there and stare at the Lord. That's really what I do mm-hmm. for the first time. Ten minutes of my of my time in prayer, um, wow. just engage him, just just being with him there, um, participating in that
0: silence. Wow, I'm not gonna lie, Nick, that's not what I expected you to say. Oh, really? Okay. Um, I, you know, I okay. expected. Typically, when I ask that question, somebody's gonna talk about, oh, well, I do Lectio Divina or prayer rosary or like like get into the yeah the physical the aids that we have to prayer. Um, but I thought there's something beautiful about your response and how simple it was, and I think that's that's helpful and i think for because i know it was like this for me when i first started out for your average joe who maybe doesn't have a consistent prayer life sitting in silence for 30 minutes is really hard it's still hard for me um but and i don't want to say that to redirect your answer because i think your answer is really powerful because those 30 minutes in silence are maybe sometimes the hardest 30 seconds 30 minutes of your day mm. Um, but to sit there in silence with the Lord, like first and foremost, I think it is important to think about, okay, how do we pray? What methods do we use to deepen our prayer so that we're not just sitting in a room and ignoring the Lord, right? But I think it's important. And I think this doesn't get talked about enough to recognize that just showing up and being with the Lord is not only the first step, but it's a very significant first step. Because you could be anywhere else, but you're choosing. And by devoting that time, 30 minutes, however long it is, 20 minutes, an hour, by choosing to set aside that time as sacred, you are growing in your relationship with God. Now, can you sit there and not think about the Lord and think about what you're going to eat for lunch and have it not be productive? Yes. But if those things, if your mind's going towards lunch or whatever, and this is what the saints say, don't freak out. Um, gently bring your attention back to the Lord. Because every time you bring your attention back to the Lord, boom, you just grew in your spiritual life. All right, that's great.
1: Yeah, a great great advice. Yeah, and I I think the tools, and I want to reiterate before I say that, showing up is the first step, and a lot of times is all it takes You mm-hmm. know, to have an encounter with Jesus, a real one. Uh, but I think the tools of prayer, you know, that we have and the different types of prayer are, you know, very helpful and part of the tradition and, mm-hmm. and just a meaningful part of the spiritual life as well. I, you know, I think it's something that I use in addition is the Jesus prayer. If you know the Jesus prayer, I, you know mm-hmm. Jesus prayer. Mm-hmm. I, I use that frequently, um, not just in prayer. Actually, I don't use it very often in the chapel, but I use it outside. Um, it goes, Lord Jesus Christ, son of the living God, have mercy on me, a sinner. Uh, and that just kind of encompasses you know, our relationship with the Lord right. and who he is yeah. and who we are before him. Um, it's a very, you know, ancient prayer in the Eastern church, especially that I think is coming into yeah. the West a little bit, mm-hmm. but it's just a prayer I repeat kind of over and over. Sometimes I have my rosary beads and I, you know, use those to repeat that Jesus prayer and, you know, just kind of give myself a prayerful mindset to orient myself towards Jesus. So that's something that, you know, I've heard recommended before you you can do in the chapel, just say that over and over, um, uh, you know, for a you know, period of five, 10 minutes, just say it slowly and meaningfully. You don't have to get through a number of, you know, a number of times or whatever. I think that's a really great way to pray to start Mm -hmm. out. Would you say that's that's fair?
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think there's a number, there's, I mean, endless number of tools that the church gives us. The Jesus prayer, absolutely Mm -hmm. a great one. I think especially a great one throughout the day to Mm -hmm. kind of refocus yourself on the Lord. Mm -hmm. I am a big fan of Lectio Divina, um, which is reading scripture, usually the gospels. um, And... Really, it's just a way of praying with Scripture. So four steps. I mean, hopefully we can provide a resource for you in the show notes of, you know, where to learn this deeper. But just in quick summary, first, you read the passage a few times. First time, you just read for context, um, get the gist of what the passage is saying. So read, then reflect is step two. Reflect on a word or phrase that stuck sticks out to you. And, you know, we believe that the Holy Spirit can make... Words or phrases stick out to us, and so you really re- reflecting on those words or phrases that stick out to you can be a way of reflecting on what the word, how the word is speaking to you in your life. Right. The so it's read, reflect, respond is the third step, which is responding in in prayer. So this is all prayer, but particularly bringing what you reflected on to the Lord, um, addressing it to Him, and then the fourth step is to rest. I, I like the four R's: so read, respond. Reflect, read, reflect, respond, and rest. So the fourth step, you rest, you listen, you allow yourself to receive whatever gifts the Lord is giving you through this. And just remembering through this whole process that the Lord the Lord wrote a book for you and it's called the Bible. And he desires to speak to you through it. So I think Lectio Divina is a great starting place for me because it allows me to reflect and pray with the things that the Lord has already said to me especially when it feels like, you know, maybe I show up for prayer and I'm not really hearing the Lord's voice.
1: All right. Yeah. I think just to provide a helpful experience, that I think a lot of us have had that go to Sunday Mass, at least. I don't know, growing up, I can remember several instances, and you know, I still have this, I think, time to time, that when, you know, the homily comes, or I'm sorry, the gospel reading comes up, you know, and I'm mm-hmm. kind of struggling with something throughout my, you know, my life at that moment, or you know, the week has just been a rough one, or I'm thinking about something in particular. And the gospel comes up on Sunday, and the priest gets up there, and he reads it. And one of the verses, or just the passage, just totally aligns with the experience I've been having. Mm-hmm. It's like a perfect answer, or, you know, yeah, just a, a perfect answer to what I've been struggling with. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm willing to bet that several of us have had that experience. Right. You know, and the, and that's a perfect testament. That's a real thing, a perfect testament to how you know the Lord uses his word. That's his word to speak to us.
0: Yeah. And I um, think bouncing off that, Nick, I think that's so important that we recognize that because the Lord is giving us gifts every single day. He's giving us, he's speaking to us through the things we hear, through the things we do, through the conversations we have, and through the times we sit in silence with him. And so I think prayer is our opportunity to respond to that and to pay attention, the examine prayer. Another good one I want to throw out because this relates to where I'm going with this. So the examined prayer is essentially looking back at your day, first with thanksgiving, acknowledging where the Lord has been present in it, thanking him for that, then examining, okay, what are the ways in which I've screwed up? What are the ways I want to improve tomorrow? And then you look ahead to the next day and think, okay, how can I improve upon this? So being cognizant, the examined prayer helps us to be cognizant of the ways the Lord's already working in our life. And I think when we, and I do this all the time, I find this in my spiritual reading. Sometimes I'll be reading something, maybe it's scripture or another spiritual book. And it's like, huh, that's super cool. <laughs> okay, let me see what's next. <laughs> However, that, huh, that super cool moment is usually the Holy Spirit inviting me deeper into contemplating the Lord in his goodness. <laughs> and so when I skip right past it, just like anything where the word's trying to speak to me in my day and I say, Oh, that's cool. Okay. Next. That's mm. like, I'd say it's almost like slapping the word in the face saying like, Oh, that's great. What's next. Mm. But the right. word's constantly inviting us deeper, mm. deeper into contemplating the gifts that he gives us.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> I'm thinking of this uh, story that I always say the word story, this real life experience that I had, um, that kind of goes along those lines. With, and you're
0: going to tell in the form of a story.
1: <laughs> in the form of a story. So once upon a time. Now, uh, when I was a focused missionary, I had a really cool experience that I think kind of sheds light about what you're talking about. Because I, I think what happens, at least when I get to the end of my Lexio Divina experience, where I have a you know, verse that sticks out, I feel like that's meaningful, and I'm trying to think about what the Lord is saying to me through that. And there comes a point where I'm like, all right, Lord, what are you saying to me through that verse? And I get to the end of my Lexia Divina experience. I'm trying to listen. And I'm like, I don't really know. Other, th- other mm-hmm. than, you know, some a superficial, you know, thought sure, that I had sure. about what that means. Yeah. I like can like, I don't really feel you speaking in any, any sort of supernatural way. But I remember I had that experience one time when mm-hmm. I was, you know, praying adoration. We had our adoration hour at the beginning, you know, of the day in the morning. And I got out of the chapel and there was this, this thing that Jesus said in the scripture. I can't even remember what he said. There was this thing that he said in, in the passage where I just... Was confounded by. It. I just like, couldn't couldn't understand what he meant. Mm-hmm. I was like Lord, what on earth did you really say that? Why did you say that? What did you mean? And I remember, I literally thought about that all day. Mm. I was in in the morning, you know, after that erasure, I came out and I was thinking about that all day. I was asking the Lord, Lord, what did you mean? And I was walking around. And I was pondering it, and I was thinking about. I was literally praying and thinking about it all day. And I kind of came to the, con- I kind of realized at the end of the day that, it's like, oh my gosh, I've been praying about that and thinking about that wow. all day. And I yeah. didn't come to an answer, but I realized I just spent my entire day in prayer. Um, yeah. Just how powerful and meaningful an experience that was. It's like, you don't have to have an answer from the Lord. Just ask Jesus about that. Right.
0: Um, well, and, and if you think of it too, like the Holy Trinity, God himself and in his inner life is a mystery. And so, yeah, there are going to be times where maybe we don't; our prayer doesn't result in this clear understanding of exactly who God is. But by contemplating it, you're being drawn deeper into that mystery. I think that's what happened. Absolutely, to you in that moment.
1: Yeah the act the act of contemplation you know reaching toward Jesus brought me closer to Him, even though if I didn't get the quote unquote answer that I wanted.
0: Sure. Yeah. Um,
1: you know that I Right. My prayer absolutely. was absolutely. You know, prayer can have a successful. You know. Uh, adjective attached to it. My mm. prayer, I, I prayed that day. I succeeded in praying right. that day in just yeah. a more profound way than ever, really.
0: Right. Yeah. Wow. That's incredible. I think, Nick, maybe to close out this conversation, kind of like we've done before, we can do our like one, two, three, four, kind of like, let's just give basic tips. We're sure. trying to advise somebody how to maybe start a prayer life. What? What's, or go deeper in a prayer life that exists. Um, what are those things we would advise them, yeah. So, if possible,
1: and I would encourage you to go out of your way. And this is this is number, rule number one, I guess. Rule number one: <laughs> um, uh, go to the chapel. Just go to the adoration mm-hmm. chapel if you have one. Go to the church if it's open. Spend time in front of the Blessed Sacrament, whether that's the Tabernacle or the you know the, um, adoration exposed Blessed yeah. Sacrament. Just just go there, um, even if you don't have any material. Go there and sit. Yeah. Um. That would be that would be my first. If possible, that would be my first um, rule is to go. Okay.
0: Rule number two, I would say start small. Um, you know, we've thrown a lot of numbers out here. I, I would not say go start with a holy hour if you haven't been praying every day. I'd say start with maybe 10, 15 minutes. Sure. And it's. I think it's better for you to start spending 15 minutes daily in prayer and get in the habit of that than to maybe try to do a holy hour. And only be able to do that once a once a week or something. So I think the act of coming into prayer is, is really important. Um, and so, yeah, starting small. What's a manageable amount that you can do, even if that starts at 10 minutes?
1: Right.
0: Awesome. Rule number three. What you uh, got, Nick? Just pressure as,
1: as, that I'm it's sensing. It's we get. It's a- it hard, <laughs> but you know what? It's,
0: it's, it is what it is.
1: Right. So... Um, one thing that I'm thinking, this is not a hierarchical ordering, by the way, we're just kind of throwing out rules as we go. So it might not be the, you know, number one, rule number one is the most important, but it, right. um, take that as a grain of salt as I go into number three, ask Jesus real questions on your heart, mm. actual questions that are on your heart. Even if you're afraid to ask, even if you think that's probably not something I should ask Jesus, mm. ask real questions to the Lord. Um Believe Mm -hmm. that he's real and ask those questions.
0: Um, Anyway, that's my Yeah. Okay, number four, I would say listen. But, well, not listen, but listen, period. (laughs) (laughs) But I want to elaborate on listen because I think it's easy to just say, okay, what am I, like, I'll listen, but what am I listening for? Like, how do I hear God speak? Because that's a hard process to begin to listen. So I could leave it at that, listen, period. But I want you to understand that it's, it's your learning to listen to. So begin by listening. That means shut up. <laughs> like, I, I think sometimes we have this tendency to go into prayer and just tell the Lord everything that's going on say amen and walk out of the chapel, but listen, sit in silence for a little bit, see what comes up. If you're like me, a lot of like anxieties and fears will come up, but then that's an opportunity to say, okay, what does this mean? to, to also bring them to the Lord, say, Lord, I give you this fear, this anxiety. Why am I experiencing this? How can you help me to let go of this? But I think listening is beginning that process. I think scripture is a great place to start listening. Like I said, he wrote a book for you. If he's not speaking to you, read his book. Right. You might hear some of the good things he had to say to you. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. I uh,
1: j- Just to kind of go along with what you were saying before I ju- we jumped to rule number five,
0: mm-hmm.
1: um, I think the first, the first word in the Benedictine rule. I don't know if Dan or Dylan has mm-hmm. ever read yep. that. Is, read is a "listen"? Times. Is that right? Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's so powerful. It's yeah. the first thing that uh, Benedict chooses to say to his his followers in his right. in his rule is "listen." Yeah. Uh, really powerful. Yeah, meaningful word. Absolutely. Cool. Okay, so rule number five. Uh, this is some advice from Saint Jose Maria Escriva. I haven't read a ton of him, uh, but I think what he says here is is important. He says something along the lines of, I'm just paraphrasing, um, pick one or two devotions and remain faithful to them. Hmm. Um, don't, I think the tendency as Catholics is to, you know, pray the rosary and pray the Jesus prayer and, you know, uh, pray these different uh, you know, novenas. New and,
0: novena every month. Yeah. Oh my
1: gosh, it's overwhelming. I, I found myself, you know, just getting so overwhelmed with the different prayers I had to say before I went to bed. I mean, it's like a stress to go to bed
0: because
1: hmm. um, yeah. I had so many prayers. Right. Um, so... Um, again, pick one or two devotions and remain faithful to them. Maybe it's, okay, I'm going to spend five minutes praying the Jesus prayer every day. And that's it. That's your only, you know, quote unquote, devotion. And what I mean by devotion is I mean um, formal prayers that the church provides or that, you know, um, the tradition provides. Uh, a rose, The rosary is a great example. So maybe I'm going to pray the rosary every day in addition to my mental prayer. Um, And that's, that's the only thing I do. I'm not going to, I'm not going to pray the rosary and then pray the Jesus prayer. And then, you know, do this and that before I go to bed and pray this prayer at lunch, you know, just pick one or two devotions to um, be faithful to.
0: Right. Yeah. And I think, I think I wanted to build off that a little bit Go ahead. because yeah, as we, you pick those two things, like, or one thing, whatever it is, remember that it's a tool. Okay. All of this is helping us to rest in God and to grow in that interior silence to have that disposition. So if it doesn't help you find a different devotion, um, don't feel like you have to pray the whole rosary every day because that's what Joe Schmo is doing. And he's really holy, right? Use what helps you. Absolutely. And let's, let's
1: be careful with that too. I think, um, because when we say use what helps you, we have to be careful because one of, one of the things is pick one or two and be faithful to it. So if you have the rosary, you know that you're praying and you get you know a month into praying the rosary that's awesome, but what if it gets hard what if what if sure. you know like it's I don't like this anymore it's gonna becoming a drag uh part of it is again the the second part is be faithful to it pick it and be faithful so you know there's gonna come days where maybe you don't want to do that or it's not as you know quote unquote you know peaceful or helpful, but uh remain faithful to it mm-hmm. uh, anyway
0: yeah um so what are we on rule number six I think six yeah six maybe this is the last one. I like this is the last one. one. Okay, all right. The last rule I have for rule number six is so I'll say this with a caveat, but get rid of distractions. Now, what the saints make clear you're not supposed to do is freak out about distractions, um, but just calmly do what you need to do to get rid of distractions. Leave your phone in another room. Go into prayer, allowing the Word to speak to you in that moment, and. Just allow whatever comes up to come up, because the reality is, I think so many people, we live such a distracted life by technology, by the lifestyles that we live, that most of us don't take enough time to just process what's going on in our lives, and especially in a spiritual sense, process what the Lord's doing in our lives and how he's speaking to us. And I think if we can eliminate distractions, set aside a time and a space every day for ourselves to allow ourselves to deal with what's going on in our heart. It's going to be hard. It's going to be really hard because what's there in your heart, if it's like my heart, it's not pretty. But <laughs> You're pretty. Oh, wow. Thank you, Nick. <laughs> like, certainly, I'm pretty. <laughs> but on the inside, there's a lot of darkness in my heart. And so I think of prayer, and this is actually a helpful disposition for me in prayer. I think of that darkness as something I need to bring to the Lord for him to cast his light on. Hmm set aside distractions and let the Lord speak into the darkness of your heart.
1: One quick thing on that, I promise. I 6.1? Six
0: f- <laughs> rule 6.1.
1: <point> <laughs> no, it's, it goes along with your rule. Okay. I have a friend who, in order to rid himself of distractions, it's a really cool thing. If you're a visual person, hopefully you'll find this helpful. He literally imagines himself, whatever his distractions are, he'll take them in his mind. He has this box in his mind that he'll <laughs> imagine himself putting his distractions into the box in his mind <laughs> and he'll close the box and he'll imagine in his mind, taking the box, placing it outside the chapel and walking back into the chapel. That's <laughs> just a visual helpful thing. He does where he takes his distractions and just physically removes yeah. them in his mind uh,
0: from the chapel. Just yeah. a really
1: cool, I don't know if that'll yeah. find, you'll find that helpful, maybe, but
0: I guess my gut in that, maybe you could take that a step further, put the distractions at the feet of the Lord. Maybe, maybe I don't so. Know. Yeah. Cause I, I don't want us to compartmentalize our distractions in our lives, but I love it. I love the idea of, yeah, gently putting them aside. Maybe take that as a concept. Um, But yeah, also bring them to the Lord. Yeah. Well, Nick, this has been an incredible conversation. Um, I think a heavenly conversation. And Mm -hmm. I like to think that the life of the saints in heaven is sitting around talking about the Lord, having holy conversations about prayer, about what's going on. Um, But yeah, I think to to do that, you got to start with prayer. So please, whatever you're doing, Um, Resolve right now to pray more, to be more consistent in your prayer life. It will change your life. I guarantee it. Mm. Would you agree? I agree. Nothing else. Excellent. All right. This has been our podcast. Go have good conversations yourself, but start with a good conversation with the Lord.